Yo, what's good? My name is Reginald the R Star, aka Mr. Straight Fire, and this is Unabashedly Reggie's breakdown, analysis, review of Eminem's last verse on Book of Rhymes. start if you're new to my channel I do lyrics breakdown and analysis of mostly Eminem songs but I've done breakdowns of Kendrick, Jorna, Crooked Eye and Royce the 59. Speaking of him I've also done an interview with Royce where we broke down his own lyrics and I've also interviewed Tommy Costa Jr. the man behind the real slim JD's beat so go check them all out and if you like to listen to these videos in audio version check out your podcast services for Unabashedly Reggie and it's also on Spotify now and finally if you want to support this channel check out my Patreon all links in the description. Now, before we get into the song, here's a shout out to all my $5 patrons. Jason NMK, Jean-Pierre Vaillancourt, Brett Abram, Kathy Ferrar, and Scott Abbott. Dear guys, thanks for the support. If you know my video format, usually I would talk about the song at this moment, but I've already done it in my breakdown of verse one, so go check it out if you want to know more about it and my opinion as a whole. TLDR, this song has the best verses of the whole album. One thing I didn't mention in my first one breakdown is the feature of DJ Premier. I got a few comments telling me Illa the producer didn't produce it and Premier did. That is incorrect. Premier is listed as a feature because he did the scratches during the hook and in the outro, but he didn't have anything to do with the beat. Now in verse two, along with a nice beat switch up, he ups the ante in terms of delivery with a faster pace and also in terms of rhyming. Also, there are a lot less playful ad-libs and he takes a more serious tone. It almost feels like every word of each block are part of the rhyming scheme. Another difference with verse 2 is that there are a lot of thoughts jammed in some block of lines. You'll see that sometimes on one line he has two or three different thoughts, so it really feels like he's emptying his book of rhymes with many different ideas. And it may feel a little disjointed and that his mind is going all over the place, but it's on purpose because he's a scatterbrained atheist. But I will say that there are a little less wordplays in verse 2 and I like the flows in verse 1 more. So I would say this is a rare case where Eminem's first verse is better than the last. Well, it's still debatable, but with that said, let's break down verse 2. Haven't used all the tricks I have, so like my balls, it's in my bag. I tend to get a little testy when I'm mad. The first two lines of the second verse might look like it's the same two from verse 1, but here he says, it's in my bag, instead of, I'm in my bag, and instead of, get a little testy, he said, tend to get a little testy. And that actually sounds better because it adds to the alliteration with the T sound, tend to get a little testy. But gift of gab and pen to pad turn temper tantrums into anthems. More alliterations with the T sound. It's something he does often with that sound in this verse. Here we have a case of multiple thoughts into one line. Gift of gab is the ability to speak with eloquence. Simply put, it's to be a good talker. So you could say that he's alluding to his ability to freestyle when he started and then took that way with words to paper, hence pen to pad. And he got a little richer off this literature. Then turn temper tantrums into anthems. There aren't that many things that could define his career more than this. A temper tantrum is an emotional outburst when you get really mad and you cry or you scream. And when you think about some of Eminem's most well-known songs, his anthems, the way I am. He was sick and tired of dealing with his new fame and the label. Cleaning out my closet, he made his disdain for his mom into a song that reached number four on the Billboard Top 100. So from that anger came out classics and anthems. Put lips to ass and kiss the crack, spit your damnedest, you're still gonna hit the canvas. Ripping rappers, veteran to whippersnappers, Mr. Mathers is killing this shit, villainous wit with scantless syllables. 
That's some crazy rhyming. Look at how almost every word is part of the pattern of it and app. I mean, even found a way to fit his own name into it. So ill. Lipster asks, there are countless times Eminem has told people to kiss his ass. I miss my past, but the rest of you assholes can kiss my ass. He called himself the sinister Mr. Kiss My Ass in Renegade. You know, he just likes the reveling bask in the fact that he got everyone kissing his ass. And kiss ass can be an insult to flip people off and can also mean that he's forced people to be nice to him even if they hate him because of his success. Like the haters who shitted on him when he was on his way up. Wait. Did I just reference the same track I'm breaking down? That's an Mception. Hit the canvas, that's an idiom related to combat sports, meaning that you get defeated by getting knocked down. In other words, even if you wrap your best stuff, you're still going to lose against him. A whippersnapper is a young person with no experience yet show a lot of confidence in whatever they do. And that can be seen as another attack to younger rappers with no skills. He's attacked mumble rap and non-lyrical rappers many times, but here he does it again with just Three words. Like Nas said, there's nothing new under the sun, it's never what you do, but how it's done. And that's the beauty of writing. You can say the same thing over and over again, but as long as you do it in an original way, it's fine. Quite frankly, I had never heard of the word whippersnapper before. And scandalous, that's just another way of saying scandalous. Next lines. The next part continues this nice assonance with the it sounds. It's one of those parts where he tries to rhyme as many things as possible and here I feel like it actually sounds good and makes sense compared to other songs like The End of Godzilla, which I didn't really like. Now let's check it out. Scantless syllables rip the planet, biblical shit spin and hit the fan. Anybody wanna go tit for tat's gonna get hit with that. Simply, he's talking about how sick his lyrics are. Biblical shit can mean a couple of things. It can mean that what you're saying is prophecy and will happen, that your words are so great they should belong in the Bible, or that you're saying the truth, your words are gospel. But here's the thing, right before he says that his crazy syllables can rip the planet, and in the Bible, when they talk about the end of times, they talk about the destruction of Earth, so biblical shit connects with rip the planet. Then he takes it and connects it with an expression, shit hits the fan, which means when things get real, when a problem arises. So all in all, if someone get, goes at him, tip for tat, they'll realize that they are in trouble when shit hits the fan. Now here's a little fun fact. Shit Hits the Fan was a diss track towards Ja Rule on Obi Tri's Cheers album, and Ja Rule also got mentioned on this song. Probably a coincidence, but I thought it's still cool. Moving on. Then the amygdala hippocampus is gonna trigger the ignoramus to think of the most ridiculous shit to spit, then pit it against these pitiful rappers, insidious, these idiots, wittiest shit against me, shittiest MC hammers. Yo, that rhyming at the end, those three syllable rhymes that sound so much alike, insidious, idiots, wittiest, and shittiest, amazing. Here Eminem poses them as one, but the amygdala and the hippocampus are two parts of the human brain. The amygdala is responsible for the processing of the emotion and the hippocampus is important for episodic memories, which are specific events like the first year ninth grade, can't forget that day. They can operate independently and interact as well, for example when it comes to memories associated with emotion. Moreover, Alzheimer's mentioned in the first verse initially damages the hippocampus, so a little coincidental connection there, but still, alright, enough biology, back to the line. What's great is that he shows his extensive vocabulary to find a different way to say brain. In verse 1 he said dome and skull, now here he says amygdala hippocampus, so to me that's just impressive and that's straight up poetry. Now ignoramus means a stupid person, and if you're like me, the first time you heard that word was in sync for the moment, you ignoramus. There are two ways to interpret it. It's meaning here. 
One, his brain is going to come up with things to trigger, as in piss off, dumb people who get outraged for no reason. But the second meaning is probably more accurate. He pretends that the part of the brain that is responsible for silly thoughts is the ignoramus. That's why after he says to think of the most ridiculous shit. So in layman's term, one part of his brain will trigger another part to come up with the most insane things possible. Finally, he's saying that rappers' most clever lines compared to his look as garbage as MC Hammer's rhymes. MC Hammer is an American rapper best known for one of hip-hop's biggest hits, You Can't Touch This. In his 2004 song, Full Blast, he threw some shots at Busta Rhymes and at Eminem. And the reason why is probably because of what Eminem said in an MTV documentary on MC Hammer. I didn't like him. You know, um, I didn't, of course, I didn't like Vanilla Heights, and I, I put them both in the same category. Most of the kids were into Hammer, and I was just like, I remember I used to just be like, why do you listen to this bullshit? As we can see, Eminem has never been down with weak lyrical bubblegum rap. And Eminem has poked fun at MC Hammer in his Just Lose It video and song, and once again throws shots at him. Plus, insidious means something that may look harmless at first, but is actually very dangerous. You could say that described Eminem in his early days, a white boy that nobody took seriously, but was actually a lyrical threat. Now, the next lines are less dense in rhyming, and the scheme is a three-syllable end rhyme. Check it out. Get your whole squad to the task force in. If you want it, you're about to get what you asked for then. Put your helmet on, strap your chin. You're about to get you a crash course in, who not to start a motherfucking rap war with or to go against. Fuck you want to do that for, no offense, but are you retard, slow with dense, a fucking penny has more sense. Notice how, although it was a simpler three-syllable end rhyming with the act or and in sound, he throws in a different pattern with go against, no offense, and slow it dense. A crash course is a rapid and intense lesson on a subject. Really, this whole song could be taken as a crash course for why you don't want to mess with Eminem's skills, but the way he brings it up in the lines, he takes the crash part literally. That's why he says to put a helmet on and strap your chin, because this is an intense crash course. Although the word retard is very controversial, when not tied to people with actual mental disabilities, it means a stupid person. But slow and dense also means stupid. So what he's saying is that either way, people going at him are stupid. It's the equivalent of when Birdman at the Breakfast Club said, are y'all finished or y'all done? Back to retard being controversial. I think when Slim says, no offense, it has two meanings. First, before saying the word, he says no offense, which tells us he's aware that it's not a politically correct word to say, but also no offense as in having no ammunition or attack if they go at war with myths to Mathers. And finally, this is mostly for non-native speakers, but cents when talking about money are also pennies. So the wordplay is with cents being a homophone to cents, C-E-N-T-S. Yeah, now you're gonna get killed, but it's not a big deal. But every thought is so ill and so methodical. Thought I swallowed a pill. I'm starting to feel like an automobile. Starting to feel like an automobile will actually connect with the end punchline of that section. But there's a pretty neat wordplay right here. One of the type of pills that Eminem was addicted to at some point were benzodiazepines. They are also called benzos. Remember, he said that on Darkness. And benzo is also a slang for a Mercedes Benz. So that's the link between a pill and an automobile. Now, he actually did a very similar wordplay in Little Engine from Side A, my favorite song. With, I almost swallowed my car, I call my Mercedes a benzo. But here, I think it's doper because it's even more hidden and that's why he didn't shy away from doing a similar wordplay. With Barnacle Bill inside a car at the wheel inside a carnival because I'm plowing into everyone who wrote snotty article and that explains why the fuck you clowns are all in my grill. Before breaking down that nice wordplay, here's some info on Barnacle Bill. 
Barnacle Bill the Sailor is first and foremost an American vulgar drinking song. The song is about an exchange between Bill and a woman. Bill is a pretty vile motherfucker. The song is basically about Bill trying to sleep with a woman. In some version of the song, she says, but what if we have a baby? And Bill replies, strangle the bastard and throw him away. Or what if we should have a girl? Well, we'll dig a ditch and bury the bitch. Now, if that's not some slim shady shit, I don't know. So M picked the name because of how sick Bill is, and of course, because it fits the rhyming pattern. Back to the punchline. Here, one more time, he does this technique, where he takes an expression, but crafts a metaphor around the literal sense. To be in someone's grill means to be in someone's face, to be very confrontational or hostile towards that person. On the literal meaning, if he runs through people with his car, they will be stuck in the front of his car, which is the grill. But the meaning behind this is that the reason why the critics keeps writing negatively about him, snotty articles, is because he keeps pissing them off and going at him. Plus notice how he calls them clowns because he's at a carnival. Now this punchline isn't as dope as the Ghost Rider one from the first verse, but it's the same principle. He builds up the rhyme scheme and ends a punchline that connects all the words he uses to rhyme. Still, it was a cool punchline. The next part is a bunch of different ideas, but all of them are built around the or or and aim sounds. What's dope about it is that with short bursts, he's reflecting on his life and career, the highs and the lows from his daughters and his success and failures. It has a lot of different messages, so I won't go through all of them, but let's check it out. Joy and pain, fortune fame, torture shame, choice I made, swore someday the world would pay, less to lose, more to gain, daughters raised. Those lines juxtapose the good side and bad side of his success, the joy of fortune and fame, but the pain of the torture and shame due to his life choices, which I would assume is his drug addiction. But at the end of the day, he was a good father and a great dad, so his daughters were raised. Yesterday, glory days, adored and praised, ignored the hate, addressed the fake, tore with Dre, tore with Paige from Jordan, came, destroyed the game, before you came, enjoy your stay. The last line about Jordan would be a reference to Michael Jordan, who's often considered the greatest basketball player of all time. Recently, Eminem compared himself to Mike on Adventures of Moonman and Slim with the line, now if rap was b-ball, I'd be Jordan-like. So he's telling that just like Mike, he killed the game. One more thing to notice is the fact that he says that he killed the game before you came. To me, that's another message he's sending to the new school who dismisses him, that he's been excelling at this for a long time and he's still here before it's gone away. Enjoy your stay before it's gone away. I don't know about you, but that immediately made me think of this is your moment and every single minute you spit and try to hold on to it because you may never get it again. Of course, until I collapse. Let's continue. But the more you claim that you're going to point and aim, if you join a gang, your shit isn't going to bang, you're just boring and lame and more of the same. When something's banging, it means that it's dope. And when you're part of a gang and doing criminal activities, it's called gang banging. Therefore, Slim is saying that even in a gang, these weak rappers wouldn't be able to produce something that's banging. Plus, the implied gun here, that wouldn't bang, is a metaphor for rapping. For that reason, if someone would try to line a kill shot this against Marshall, it would barely nick him. Also, did you notice that when he said bang, you had the same bang with the sound effect from Conway the Machine songs, which featured Eminem? You have an enormous chain, but a stormless brain. The most you can form is rain. Your shit is pointless, same as his cordless game. So bitch, quit lying. You're denying like Mr. Porter's name. Now, I love the last line, so I'll get into it real quick. Mr. Porter is one of Eminem's best friend and fellow D12 member. His first name is Denon, which sounds a lot like denying. That's the wordplay here, a homophone. Stormless brain plays on the word brainstorm, which is either a sudden bright idea or when you sit down with other people or alone to come up with ideas. Simply put, he's saying that nothing happens in the head of these rappers. They can't come up with new ideas. So instead of a storm, a great idea, they come up with just rain, 
meaningless ideas. On top of that, I think he also plays on the expression, make it rain, which is to throw dollars in the strip club. So that goes with enormous chain and all that they rap about is materialistic stuff. And this one is sort of obvious, but just in case some of you didn't catch it. In sports, a game is scoreless when no one has made any point yet, so it's pointless. But of course, M is referring to the content of their lyrics, which have no meaning. Final lines. Borderline bipolar disorder since my stroller eyes rolling back in my skull like Eli Porter. Fire rhyming right here. In her book, My Son Marshall, My Son Eminem, Debbie Mathers, M's mother, has said that he suffered from bipolar disorder. And that bar is confirmed by Slim that he's had it since he was a baby, maybe just a couple of months. But here Eminem combined two mental issues into one. Borderline personality disorder and bipolar disorder. Symptoms of borderline personality disorder includes abrupt moment-to-moment -moment swings in mood, relationships, self-image, and behavior. And people with that are likely to have had some type of trauma as a child. That definitely describes Marshall. Bipolar disorder is more defined by alternating periods of depression and mania that can last from days to months. That's something that M has rapped about, for example, recently in Godzilla when he said that he wrestled with mania, and in Deja Vu as I fall deeper into a manic state. Eli Porter is a reference to an old meme from around 2007. A clip of a high school freestyle between a dude named Envy and Eli Porter became viral. Sadly, it's because of Eli's delivery was rather awkward and he seemed to have some mental disability, although Eli himself has denied that he's mentally challenged. What made it awkward is the way that he talked and especially how he would pause for long periods of times and would rap with his eye rolling like he was the Undertaker. So that's the reference. Also, Eli Porter actually has some weird connections to Eminem. He was featured on an episode of Tosh.0 bueno, where he was rapping a song with none other than Skylar Grey live on a stage. Crazy. Fire mortar, rounds, Ayatollah, every iota, 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 my mortar, mouth, this is my nota, self. Sometimes you're gonna bomb, so you might just have to blow yourself up with no one's help. I just wrote it down in my book of rhyme. Primo, take us out. My lord, look at this crazy succession of three-syllable rhymes. Every iota, 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 my motor. What's amazing is how natural it sounds, because you could say that in a normal conversation. Like, you know when I spit every iota, 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 my motor mouth. So it's amazing how he made a full sentence that all rhymes and makes sense crazy. Now here's what this beautiful sentence meant. An iota is a very small amount of something. In this case, it could mean every single word, syllable, or letter. He's comparing his mouth to a gun and what he's spitting is the bullets because he's killing the game. So all that he owes to his mouth. Anayatollah is a religious leader among Shiite Muslim. Fun fact, it's not the first time that M makes a reference to that religious group. Do you remember in 50s Gatman and Robin? Retaliation will be like the Muslim Shiite attacks. But in common speech, Anayatollah is a leader, someone who's revered in a specific field like the guru of something. And M is a rap god, so definitely an Ayatollah. And the final lines are a nice motivational message. To bomb is when you perform in front of people and you fail to impress them, like comedians trying to make a crowd laugh or a rapper trying to wow them with his punchlines and simply means to fail. And to blow means to stand out and succeed, especially in music. So to deliver his message, he combined those two expressions since they have the same bomb theme. Plus earlier he mentioned mortar rounds, which are explosives. And the message is, sometimes you're going to fail, so you have to pick yourself up and make things happen on your own. That's it folks, that was the last part of my Book of Rhymes breakdown. Let me know in the comments what I missed or what other song from Site B I should be doing. Well, actually, I'm debating between Alfred's theme or Discombobulated. So let me know in the comments which one you would like more. Plus follow me on Twitter because I'll put a poll there. But until then, this has been Unabashedly Reggie. Thanks, it's been real.